Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the New Life Podcast. I am your host, Margie Connor. I am the New Life Coach. So um, today I would like to talk about something that is extremely near and dear to my heart, and I have spent a lot of time, energy, and (laughs) um, uh, mental power (laughs) to uh, navigating, I guess, and helping other people navigate as well. And that is learning how to trust your own body or sort of finding your groove with your own body. Uh, I think this is something that we don't talk about enough. It's what almost every human on the planet struggles with and is it's not emphasized how important it is because I don't think we truly understand just what our bodies do for us. Um, through this process that I've kind of gone on of trying to trust my, my body and really listening to what it's telling me, I have sort of realized that our bodies are the direct means in which source or the higher power or the universe, whatever word you have for it, communicates through us. And so what I'm realizing is kind of happening is everybody has a disconnected um, view of themselves and uh, a bad relationship with food or their hunger cues or how they look. And so we're so hyper-focused and distracted on trying to control how our bodies look, what we, you know, what we intake, that we aren't actually focused on what they are meant to do. And so I just want to kind of touch on that before we get into the rest of <laughs> learning to trust yourself with your body. Um, so through my process of really, I mean, learning what my body's asking for, I realized that I am a direct vessel for love and light and truth. But in order for that to be projected into the world, I have to use my body. And this was something that kind of blew my mind because I had almost thought it was two separate things that my body was this thing that was kind of very, um, of low vibration and it was holding me down in the world, or it was this thing that created, um, a lot of mental turmoil for myself. But when I realized that the cues our body sends us, the feelings that we get, the, um, the reactions that we have to certain things or, you know, whatever, whether it's, the, back, the hair on the back of your neck standing up or a warm chill when you're like a warm wave when you feel love. Our bodies are actually the way that we connect the world to the spirit. And when I realized that, I started to not want to take care of my body because it was like what people told me and I want to be healthy and I want to um, look a certain way or whatever. It became I want to take care of my body because this is what makes me a vessel of light and truth in the world. So (laughs) how did we get here and how do we try to stay here? Because I don't, it's not a linear path. And I know for me, it's something that each and every day I struggle with and I have to check back into and I have to realize that the voices that are telling me, oh, you're fat or you should do this, or you should do this, or you should look this way, or don't you want, you know, don't you want to be a certain kind of person who has this kind of body? Um, those voices are constantly there. Uh, but now what I feel is I don't listen to them. 
It's not that they've gone away. It's not that I never have days where I'm really unhappy with the way I look, but I'm able to silence them because I know the greater truth to what my truth really is. So I just want to give a little bit of a backstory of kind of my life with food and maybe, you know, I feel like understanding people's life and story is a beautiful way of connecting because you can hold empathy for all of humanity. Like all of my struggles with food and body image and exercise and all that, I am so grateful for because I have true empathy and the ability to feel exactly where people are in their journey only because I've been there and because I constantly am working to not get back to that place. So I, uh, uh, I think long story short, I sort of went on this whole journey and realized that I had wrapped all of my worth and control up into my physical body. So I grew up in my, my mom was anorexic, um, or struggled with anorexia. She, um, was super fixated on body, like how she looked her whole life and, you know, being fat and overweight and always made comments about, um, you know, wanting to be skinnier and she was very skinny, but she always felt she wasn't skinny enough. My dad, on the other hand, was very, um, uh, super chauvinistic. So it always made comments about women's bodies and then it, you know, it makes you feel like, oh, you're only worth something if you look a certain way. So I had this mental conditioning since I was a kid. And I think this is where it started from. So I um, was always very athletically gifted. And I was always in, I think, of my age group, I always had a more impressive physique, just objectively. It wasn't like, oh, my God, I'm so great. It was just objectively, I was in really good shape. And I got a lot of attention for it. And I was told by my parents and my family and friends, like, oh, it's so great that you're so skinny. It's so great that you're in such good shape. It's so, you look so good. And so what I didn't realize is I started internalizing that as I am worthy of love and attention because I am elite, so to speak. So I've got all of my worth now wrapped up in the fact that I had an elite physique, which we'll put a pin in it. I will connect that in a couple minutes. <laughs> and then also I grew up in an environment where I didn't have much control over anything that was going on. Um, I had two really mentally ill parents and uh, my life was about surviving up until a certain age. And so the way I manifested control was not through um, other people. Like I never tried to really control what other people were doing or that I turned it inward and uh, controlled myself and then most of all controlled the way I looked. So everything I consumed and everything that I did with my body. So <laughs> through this process, it led me to um, bodybuilding and sort of the progression of that is I was an athlete. I was always into working out and fitness. I've always been super active. And then I got really into working out and eating well because I realized that through dieting, you can make your body look absolutely any way you want it to, and then exercise as well. So where does that lead <laughs> to the most extreme version of making your body look a certain way, which is bodybuilding. So I, um, became a bikini competitor. Uh, I won't get into the whole story of how I got there. Um, but basically 
it kind of started as like a fun little thing. And then I did really well at it. And again, here I was repeating a cycle of trauma where I was being awarded for having an elite physique. So after a couple of years of doing this, I got to a point where I had the most elite physique. You know, of course, there are always people like there are Olympia level competitors and there's always competitors in the sport who have better bodies than you. But on a day to day life, I secured what I felt my self-worth was in through the way I looked because there was nobody that I came in contact with day to day that I perceived to have a better body than me because I worked the hardest. And so what ended up happening is I didn't realize, but I neglected everything else in my life to maintain this elite physique that I had considered to be my self-worth. So instead of actually taking time to work on the things that made me feel inferior, I buried myself in this um, extreme sport of bodybuilding and went down a crazy path of doing absolutely everything I could in my power to be the best, to eventually my complete downfall and the uh, downfall of my body. Um, so... I'm going to kind of shorten this a little bit, but I, my last season, I, um, pushed my body like way beyond any limit that I should have and, um, resulted in some serious health issues. And I kind of, after I stopped competing, I was like, I'm just gonna take some time off and kind of recover from burnout. And then nothing ended up working out for, for me. Long story short, I just couldn't, get my groove with food. I couldn't get my groove with training. I, and as much as I was fighting with fighting it, the universe had put an absolute break on the idea of ever competing again. So it took my own internal journey to kind of get through that. I was, my whole identity was completely wrapped up in being this bikini competitor. And so the reason, like I can look at myself in compassion now that the reason I was fighting, letting it go for so long is because what I felt in inside was that I would be worth absolutely nothing if I stopped bodybuilding. No one was going to love me. Uh, no one would ever find me attractive. And I was basically going to be fulfilling a self. I was going to be continuing with a self-fulfilling prophecy that if I don't put all of my energy into looking a certain way, no one's going to care for me. Meanwhile, really putting all my energy into this was stopping people from being able to care for me because I had absolutely no connection to my internal world. So how was I going to connect to someone on, on a real level of intimacy? I uh, couldn't even enjoy experiences with people because I would carry my food everywhere I went. Um, movement was something I only did uh, for a goal. And so I could never share that experience with anyone. And I was so devoted to doing these things of, you know, dieting or whatever and exercising that I had no time for relationships and told everyone I didn't have time for them because I needed to achieve this goal. So it kind of, I went through this process of, it was not linear at all. And it was one of the harder things I've had to kind of let go of in my life because it was a child, a deep childhood wound, um, of getting to a place where I fully trust my body to feed and fuel and move in the way that it needs to and is supposed to. 
Um, I'm, I don't really want to go too much into how I did this, but basically I tried a bunch of different stuff. I <laughs> was on all spectrums. I was radically determined to get to a place that I felt good because at some point I realized that I am worthy of that. I don't really know exactly how it happened, but some things clicked for me that I, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm worthy of living a life where I feel good because I wasn't feeling good anymore. Um, I was, I had given myself some serious health issues that I will carry for the rest of my life now, um, through this self-destructive behavior. And I wanted more for myself. I had finally had enough. I had the gift of desperation. So, um, through that, I I just like to kind of sum it up. I started getting really into yoga and as I was doing yoga, it was helping because I was able to work out without a mirror and I was able to move, which I've always loved doing since I was a kid. I've loved moving my body. So I got back to that sort of childhood fun play thing of there was no mirror in the yoga studio. And I remember one day when I was doing yoga, I think it was the first time I actually tuned into the feeling of source in my body and not just in my heart. So I've always had like a sort of a connection to what I call Meribaba, um, but like the higher power, the unlimited um, in my heart. I've always been able to tune into it, but I didn't realize that your body is actually the thing that makes it trans like sort of transmits it from your heart into the world. So I heard this voice and it felt like a deep hum in my whole solar plexus and core area. And I just felt this light, this hum. And then I heard it say movement is medicine. And it was this overwhelming revelation that I've been using movement to hurt myself when movement is actually the thing that cures it. And so that was kind of, I think that was the first real revelation I had. And then with food also, there was, were many things that I've tried and figured out. And I realized eventually that if you take off all restriction, you get to a place where, yeah, sure, you overcorrect for a while and, you know, you binge. And then if you don't put that restriction on again, you finally get to a place where you just let yourself be who you are. And I got to a place where I said, I do not care what my body looks like anymore because I am so mentally tired of this roller coaster that I'm on all the time of trying to decide what I'm going to eat, how I'm going to eat, uh, how this is going to make me look. And I, so I just said, screw it <laughs> was really the point I got to. It took me a whole year to get to that, that place and really a whole year. I'm not, okay, maybe, a, maybe 10 and a half, 11 months, but uh, it was not something that I came to overnight. And so I don't want to give that impression at all, but I want to be able to share this process that I've been on so that other people can know that you're worthy of it. And that you were able to, um, kind of, kind of get there yourself because it is true and absolute freedom. So let's kind of rewind to the beginning and like figure out how I got to this place where, I didn't even know what my body needed or was asking for to the point that I ran it into the absolute ground. And through a lot of self-reflection, I realized that I got to that place because I didn't trust myself. And I didn't trust myself because I was so out of sync 
to the divine in me that the other voices of criticism were the ones that I was listening to. So that kind of goes back to what I was saying in the beginning about uh, the voices of others or the voices of uh, your inner critic that you listen to over the voice of love and truth. So I, um, I think I started tuning in a little bit more to what mine sounded like in other aspects of my life, not just in food, but in what I like to do, the kind of people I like to surround myself with, the environments that I enjoyed, the interests that I had, the things that made me feel whole. And it then carried over into the way that I fed myself. So it's, I think connecting to your, um, body is not something that you can just do. And you can't just say, I'm just going to connect to my body and ignore all other parts of myself. There's a reason that when you go through a process of finding yourself, you need to connect mind, body, and soul because they're all one thing that leads you to the greater good or the greater, the greater version of yourself, which is really the unlimited divine. And so these voices that we hear, let's kind of talk about that. I realized that a lot of these voices that I was listening to, you know, the ones telling me, oh, you've got big legs, or um, if you don't have abs, no one's going to like you, or you'll never be attractive if you don't look super fit. They were not my voice. And when I realized this, I was able to take all the power away from them. So when I would have a negative thought, and I still do, I... I mean, you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, my inner thighs touch. I think about who was the first person who told me that inner thighs touching is a bad thing. And I, you know, I can think back to my mom, for example, looking in the mirror and getting upset that her inner thighs touched. And so that is her voice. And I can give it back to its rightful owner within my internal being. It doesn't have to be anything external. You don't need to go to someone and say, Oh, you did this to me because that's just playing a victim. All you can do is control what's inside of you. So if you go back and think about who really was the first person who told you that you need to look a certain way or you needed to be a certain way and number one, give it back to them and then think back in their experience and they had someone say it to them. And then all of a sudden you're able to meet somebody internally with compassion and understand that they are just they're just making their way as much as, as much as you are, but you have made this incredible, brave choice to move past it. So this person, for whatever reason, didn't have the tools and the awareness to move past this kind of point of, um, of negative self-worth or basing their self-worth on what somebody else has said. And you have. So, okay, now we've gotten through that. So now we're at a place where we know these are other people's voices. So what's our own voice? And then we start hearing our own voice and it's saying things that we have heard before. You know, you, sometimes you look in the mirror and you feel good about yourself. You have to know with full conviction that that is the only voice of your internal being. The only thing that your internal being speaks is of light and truth. It doesn't, it doesn't speak in you're not good enough. You're not this. Yeah, sure. When it, when you're supposed to grow, it'll call you to growth, but it never calls you to growth with you're not good enough. You're too fat. You don't look good enough. You, 
need to lose a few pounds. That is never something that the internal love inside of you is going to, is going to tell you. So when we start to listen to that more and more and more, we create trust. And then once we create trust in ourself, we've now laid the groundwork for putting trust in our bodies. And so same thing when we're dieting, you know, a lot of us look to Instagram or uh, our parents or other influences in our life to see how we're supposed to feel our bodies, how we're supposed to move, um, everything that we're supposed to do when really if we applied the trust that we've now created with our own inner being to our bodies, we will get to a place where we are exactly one with who we are supposed to be. And then at that point, you don't even care what you look like because you know wholeheartedly that the way you look is actually just this expression of absolute perfection that is already inside of you. And then finally, you are able to connect the piece, which is the single most important thing and the entire reason that we're here, which is manifesting our love into the world. And then you start to trust all the cues that your body constantly gives you that goes way beyond just food. And so food is kind of the basic. It's like the it's like you can't run before you walk or even crawl. And so food and, you know, movement is crawling. And so when until we have that down, then all of a sudden we trust all of these other instincts that we get from our body, you know, so Maybe you get a certain feeling when um, when someone's around you that you just know isn't right, but you ignore it because we've ignored all of our body's cues for so long because we've had to fit into a box to fulfill self-worth. And then finally, it just becomes this like full spectrum turnaround where you completely trust what you are telling yourself is meant for you. And then that's how you can best serve your love to the world because now you have a means in which source can communicate to you and then you can put it out into the world and just be this vessel of love. So uh, that is all that I have today. I hope that you guys felt the love here and also I wanted to kind of have this podcast about this topic in particular because I know it's something that almost everyone struggles with and you're not alone and there are lots of other people like you. I was running a support group for a while with for women with uh, like disordered eating and, you know, body image um, issues. And the, the thing was, the best part about it was everybody would, you know, share something and then everyone would kind of like have a sigh of relief because they were like, wow, I experienced that too. And I thought I was crazy. You know, everyone has been there and you're not alone and you can always reach out to me and we can talk or there are other people that, you know, are on down the same journey who, um, need help. And then also just to think about, you know, if you are somebody who's struggling, the best way to heal is through service and, you know, through communicating with others. And so, you know, if you start something that says, look, I need help, let's talk about it. People are going to be so much more receptive than you think. So that is all officially (laughs) that I have for you today. Um, If you ever need to contact me, my email is margieconnor at thenewlifecoaching.com. You can also find me on Instagram at uh, the.new.life.coach. And my website is www.thenewlifecoaching.com. I hope everyone has a beautiful week and this podcast meant something to you. All right. I'll talk to you guys next time.